Hello and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Fade Me. And thank you for joining us as always. Well, this is podcast number 890 for me. And over the course of time, of course, I have good days. I have bad days. Sunday, though, is that category that I don't like to talk about much. It was a butt-kicking day. I had no pulse in the NFL. I was just absolutely terrible. The highlight of my day was college basketball. I went 2-2 two and two on the handicap. That's the best I could do. Other than that, it was a dreadful card for me. Even my mom got something right. She always says things come in sets of three. And sure enough, the Green Bay Packers, for the third consecutive time this year, they win as a five-point underdog. I did not see that result in Dallas coming. So it was a tough, tough day. I'm going to put it in the rearview mirror. Show notes will be updated with all my losses, and let's just move on to the next. It's a great sports day on Monday, so let's start the card in the National Football League. I'm going to play the Philadelphia Eagles minus the three at Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay fans, you can probably rejoice. Baker Mayfield has kicked my butt all season, and I'm going to bet against him and the Buccaneers again today. So the big question is, can the Eagles just flip a switch after losing five of six? Probably not but I still do like him. I know the defense has been dreadful. Offense has struggled here. Hertz is banged up. No A.J. Brown. A lot of things stacked against him. But this team was good enough at one point to beat playoff teams like Buffalo, Kansas City, Dallas, Miami, the L.A. Rams, and these Buccaneers. The Eagles were 6-2 and against playoff teams this year. That's a good thing, right? Meanwhile, the Buccaneers were 1-5 and five against playoff teams during the season. The Eagles won the first meeting in Tampa Bay, 25-11, running for 201 yards, passing for another 277, and they left points on the table. They were just 1-5 of five converting in the red zone. In that game, Tampa Bay had just 12 first downs, 174 yards of total offense against an Eagles defense that now, over the last seven weeks, has given up 30 or more points. So both QBs are dinged up coming into this one. Hertz is down a big weapon once again with no A.J. Brown. Tampa's talking about revenge for Week 3, and I do believe in that to an extent. But Philadelphia is also talking about avoiding a repeat of January 2022 when they went to Tampa Bay in the wild card round and got smoked 31-15. to Defending NFC champs are down, but not out. I expect Philadelphia to get the job done tonight. So give me the Eagles, minus the three, on the road at Tampa Bay. Next up on the card, it's game number one, I guess, on the TV docket. It's the Buffalo Bills, minus the 10, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Steelers are 5-0 and straight up this year, when an underdog of three or more points. That's a crazy stat. Their wins in that situation this year were over the Raiders, the Ravens, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Bengals. Meanwhile, the Bills are just one and five against the spread this year when favored by more than seven. So those trends definitely favor the Steelers. But I'm not going to let my self-doubt cause me to waver on this handicap. Green Bay beat Dallas yesterday, but that was yesterday. Favorites are just one and three so far in the playoffs, but that doesn't mean Buffalo is the wrong side. 70% of the handle is on Buffalo. That doesn't mean the public is wrong about this game. I have not been a believer in Pittsburgh all season. Why would I flip now? They are the second luckiest team in the NFL. They are plus 11 in the turnover differential number. Mason Rudolph has thrown six touchdowns 
over the last three years. Not three games, but three years. The Steelers are 1-10 and when T.J. Watt does not play. The Steelers had nine one-score wins this season, the most in the NFL. Kind of reminds me of the Minnesota Vikings last year, and that didn't end well for my purple in the first round of the playoffs. The worst team in the playoffs with a third-string quarterback without their best player is on the road against the team that has won five straight, including wins at Kansas City by three, against Dallas by 21, and at Miami by seven with the division on the line. Snow, wind, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to lay the big number. I'll get criticized, but I'm going to do it. Give me the Buffalo Bills minus the 10 against Pittsburgh. There you go. My soapbox is done. Now my three prop bets. Egg on my face yesterday. I couldn't hit a prop bet. Lucky I had a good regular season because the playoffs is off to a dreadful start. Prop bet number one, Julio Jones of the Philadelphia Eagles, over 16 and a half yards receiving at Tampa Bay. A.J. Brown averaged 85.6 yards per game this year. I need 17 of those yards to move to Julio Jones in this game against the 28th-ranked pass defense. So give me Julio Jones of the Eagles, over 16 and a half yards receiving. Next up, Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles, over 68 and a half yards receiving at Tampa Bay. So I'm going to go for broke with my Eagles handicap here. Smith had just four catches for 28 yards in the first meeting with A.J. Brown stealing the show for 131 yards. Smith should be in line for a monster night. Give me Devontae Smith over the 68 and a half yards receiving for Philadelphia. So yes, I'm tripling down on the Eagles tonight. Then my third and final prop bet, it's Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills over three and a half receptions against Pittsburgh. I cashed a tight end prop on Travis Kelsey receptions on Saturday, going back to the well here again. Tight ends, once again, are your best friend in bad weather. Kincaid had four or more receptions 12 times during the regular season. I like my odds again today. So give me Dalton Kincaid of the Buffalo Bills over three and a half receptions. Next up on the card, we go to college basketball, and we start in the Ivy League. It's Harvard, minus the three and a half against Brown. So both teams are 0-1 in the Ivy. Harvard started strong, but ended up losing by 31 at Princeton back on January the 6th. So a long layoff to prepare for this home game. The Crimson are 9-5 overall, with losses to Boston College, Indiana, Loyola of Chicago, Iona, and Princeton. Top 100 win in overtime at UMass this season. They also have their best player, Malik Mack, back. The Bears of Brown are having a tough season. They're 4-12 overall. Their best win was a three-point win at Rhode Island. Team really coming on, by the way. They played Yale and Vermont competitive at home. They've been in basketball games, but their offense continues to hold them back. Ranked 300th in the country. One of the models that I like has Harvard winning this one by 8.5. I already liked this spot at home off the long break, so that was the cherry on top for me. Give me the Crimson of Harvard, minus the three and a half at home over Brown. Next up, we go to the Big Ten, and I put this one in on Twitter at about 7 p.m. on Sunday night before I went to a friend's house to watch the Lion game. This line has since moved, but I did play it at plus one and a half. I think it's now at minus one and a half, but I still like it. It's my Minnesota Golden Gophers at home against Iowa in the Big Ten. So I had a bad gut feeling for Minnesota on Friday at Indiana. I have a good gut feeling 
about them at home tonight. The Barn in Minneapolis ranks 124th in Division I basketball with a 3.1-point edge at home. Sad to see after paying top dollar for obstructed view seats most of my life in Minneapolis. The Golden Gophers are 3-2 and two in the Big Ten, top 100 wins this year over Nebraska, Michigan, and Maryland. With Michigan State and Wisconsin on deck, the Gophers need this one to avoid a potential four-game losing streak. Speaking of four-game losing streaks, the Hawkeyes have won four consecutive games against the Golden Gophers. Iowa enters this one, 10-6 and six on the season, 2-3 and three in the Big Ten, having won two straight at home over Rutgers and Nebraska. All six losses this year have been against top 75 teams. Minnesota ranks 84th coming into this one. Coach Fran McCaffrey always has a good offense. The Hawks rank 18th in offensive efficiency again this year, playing the sixth fastest tempo in the land. Iowa, though, is 0-4 in true road games this season. Minnesota is 11-1 at home at the barn. This is probably the most important game in head coach Ben Johnson's coaching career at Minnesota. A loss and all momentum, excitement, and hope for the season quickly fades, and the gopher holders can return to add page 137 to the Ben Johnson is a disaster online thread at gopherhole.com. Yes, I checked tonight, and the thread is currently at page 136. Strong speculation out of Minneapolis is that Ben might finally start Farrell Payne tonight. Payne averages 20.7 minutes per game, 10.2 points, 5.7 rebounds, 1.9 blocks, and shoots 67%. Yes, Gopher fans all over the state have been wanting more pain, more pain, more pain. I think we get it tonight. The 17th game of the season is my first must-win game of the year for the Maroon and Gold. Give me Minnesota at home. I played it at the plus one and a half. Currently, I believe, at minus one and a half. Next up on the card, we go to the MAAC. It's Canisius minus the two against Fairfield. So the Golden Griffins of Canisius are seven and eight on the season, two and three in conference after ending a four-game losing streak with a four-point win over Siena on Friday. Top 100 win this year over St. Bonaventure. Top 200 wins this year over Wofford and Western Kentucky. They lost to top dog St. Peter by two. They lost in overtime at Ryder, and they let a win slip away late at Mount St. Mary's. Oh, so close time and time again. This is a much better basketball team than their current record. On the other hand, Fairfield is 9-7 and seven on the season, 3-2 and two in the conference. They had their eight-game winning streak end last time out, losing by 24 at Niagara. I bet the Stags in that game and paid the price. I still like Fairfield. I will back them plenty the rest of the year, but I've watched enough of the Golden Griffins to know minus two at home, that's tough to pass up. I'm going to lay the points here. Give me Canisius, minus the two at home over Fairfield. Next up on the card, I go to the Southland Conference. It's Southeastern Louisiana, minus the one and a half against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. So the Lions of Southeastern Louisiana were preseason favorites in the Southland Conference with three all-conference selections. Not exactly the start they wanted this year. Six and ten overall, one and two in the conference, back-to-back losses to Nichols State and McNeese. Their best win this year, they beat Murray State on the road by six. Their tempo ranks 343rd in the country, so they can slow you down. Meanwhile, the Islanders of Texas A&M Corpus Christi 
are 9-7 and seven on the year, 2-1 and one on the conference, coming off a loss at New Orleans last time out. Their best win this season, they beat UTEP on the road by four. They do a nice job on the boards, ranking top 50 on both ends. The Lions are one of the most experienced in the country. The Islanders are one of the least experienced. It's the conference home opener for Southeastern Louisiana. I think they'll come out firing tonight. So I'm going to lay the one and a half with Southeastern Louisiana at home over Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Then my coin flip bets in the NBA. I selected the Orlando Magic at the New York Knicks. Total in this one is 222. Tails it is. I'm on the under 222 between the Magic and the Knicks. Then on the Frozen Pond, I selected the early game between the San Jose Sharks and the Buffalo Sabres. Total in this one is six and a half. Tails it is again. I'm on the Sharks and the Sabres under the six and a half. So let's recap my card for a Monday. I'm a little fired up. I want redemption here. I need a much better day than I had on Sunday, that's for sure. In the NFL, I'm going all chalk again. I'm on the Philadelphia Eagles, minus the three at Tampa Bay. I'm on the Buffalo Bills, minus the 10 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. My prop bets, I'm on Julio Jones of the Philadelphia Eagles, over 16 and a half yards receiving. I'm on Devontae Smith of the Eagles, over 68 and a half yards receiving. I'm on Dalton Kincaid of the Bills, over three and a half receptions. College basketball in the Ivy League. I'm on Harvard, minus the three and a half against Brown. In the Big Ten, I'm on Minnesota, minus or plus the one and a half against Iowa. In the MAAC, I'm on Canisius, minus the two against Fairfield. In the Southland, I'm on Southeastern Louisiana, minus the one and a half against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. NBA, Magic Knicks under the 222. NHL, Sharks and Sabres under the six and a half. Have a great Monday, everyone. Enjoy the games. And as always, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun. And let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone.